I'm Kaylee Arrett, and you are listening to episode three of Me When I'm Free. Who is this me when I'm free? And why does it even matter? This is the question that has spurred me on for years now. It's led me down some dark roads of healing and up joyful mountains of calling. And to this moment, right now, still on the journey and inviting you to join me. If it really is true that the glory of God is man or woman fully alive, then it would appear that God would want this even more than we do. But why? Why is this important to him? Doesn't he have more important things to attend to than whether or not we know ourselves and what we have to bring to the world? These are some of the questions I want us to explore together each week through a simple story, a few moments of reflection, and space to pray. Join me, friend. For most of my life, I have been a journaler. A box in my basement contains piles of journals where from as early as 10 years old, I chronicled the events, thoughts, dreams, and prayers of my life. Recently, in a moment of nostalgia, I pulled out a pile of journals from my earlier years. I found myself laughing at the awkward and juvenile scribblings filled with the names of my pet rocks, my most recent crush, and a healthy dose of preteen angst. The more I read, the more I noticed something. This angst felt familiar. My whole life, I've wanted to belong. Or as Kurt Thompson suggests, I've been looking for someone, looking for me, as we all have been. My early efforts to belong were lighthearted and sweet, like the t-shirt I mentioned in the last episode. But over time, the attempts became more complicated and required more effort, more striving. At some point in my journaling, there was a distinct shift. What started as youthful wonderings and enthusiastic meanderings about life turned into declarations about how I should be. Every whispered longing was met with a prayer for God to change my heart. Even my journaling to God was an attempt to belong, to become whomever he needed me to be in order for him to accept me. Robert Mulholland writes in his book, The Deeper Journey, that none of the grounds we choose for rooting our identity are sufficient. None of them in and of themselves are necessarily bad, but they are not created to bear the weight of our being. When we seek to root our being in something other than God, we are a false self. 
Now, I know while all of us are born broken, we're also born for beauty and redemption. We're born for relationship, for safety and security, and to be able to meaningfully act on those desires. Somewhere along the way, we experience moments of wounding in which we begin to believe we must rely on something else, some personality trait or role or talent or relationship or skill to root our identity in, in order to be loved, rather than simply believing that we are. This is when our false self emerges. I crashed into my false self the fall that I began counseling. I began to see that all of my efforts to earn approval or security or affection had never fully met that need. In fact, in some ways, my attempts to create what Thomas Keating calls emotional programs of happiness only reinforced the shame I was trying to avoid. Instead of those programs offering me freedom, I found myself attached to feedback and affirmation, unable to pull myself away. I remember one week trying to describe something that I felt embarrassed to admit. Haltingly, I said, I feel as though there is a beast that lives inside my brain that continually begs to be fed. It survives on praise and admiration, and when it goes unfed, it leaves me feeling restless and tells me I have nothing to offer. My counselor very wisely did not bash this shameful beast of longing as I expected her to. In my mind, this creature needed to be bashed. Surely this desire to feel seen by others was a direct result of pride that God was just waiting for me to confess. Instead, she invited me to consider that maybe all of my focus on performance and what I should be and do is exactly what fed the beast, never satisfied, always needing more. This was news to me. So the question became, what was it that beast was actually longing for? The sad reality was that all of my striving, all of the performance and doing the right thing and the prayers and the Bible studies and the serving the poor and the memory verses and the worship leading was not satisfying the beast, which I now understand to be my false self. C.S. Lewis writes in The Weight of Glory, these things the beauty, the memory of our own past, are good images of what we really desire. But if they are mistaken for the thing itself, they turn into dumb idols, breaking the hearts of their worshipers. For they are not the thing itself. They are only the scent of a flower we have not found, the echo of a tune we have not heard, News from a country we have never yet visited. 
friend, let's consider together the ways our longings have led us down a path that will only break our hearts again and again. Maybe your desire looks less like my longing for affirmation and more of a need to be seen as correct or to have a perfect home or a perfect family or perfect job or to feel accepted by those in the inner circle or to have a sense of being in control. Or maybe, truthfully, you've given up on any of these longings because your heart has been broken one too many times. And then, instead of running away from this beast of longing, I want to invite you to continue down this path together next week, looking for clues as to what these desires are actually leading us to discover. There is good news if we keep paying attention. And so today, friend, I leave you with these questions and some space to reflect. If it's helpful, I invite you to grab a journal to jot these thoughts down and ponder them throughout the week. Question one. Brennan Manning writes in his book, Abba's Child, to define yourself radically as one beloved by God. This is the true self. Every other identity is illusion. What other identities seek to define you or inform your understanding of who you should be? Maybe it's a role you play or a relationship or a skill you offer. Maybe you struggle with knowing your identity at all, feeling at a loss as to how to answer this question. That's okay. Just take a moment to notice whatever surfaces as you reflect. And question two, do you recall a moment when you began to believe that you were not beloved by God? Maybe it was the result of someone else's rejection leading you to believe that God felt the same way. Or maybe it was a choice that you made that you knew God would not be pleased with. I know this is a tender question, so I invite you to give yourself all the grace you need if you're unsure you have the capacity to sit with it. Or maybe it's better to engage this question with a trusted friend or counselor. When the time is right, I believe God will gently lead you through it. Then would you take a moment to reflect with me and maybe even journal 1 John 4.19, reading it in the message translation. First, we were loved. Now we love. He loved us first. Let's pray. Dear Jesus, would you open our eyes to the way that we have rooted our identity in anything but you? We need a deeper imagination for who we are apart from anything we do or don't do. It's in your strong name we pray. Amen.
Thanks for listening to this episode of Me When I'm Free. I hope you'll continue to join me on this journey toward wholeness. I'd love a traveling companion. My hope is that you'll see yourself in these stories that I share here. And if nothing else, you'll feel less alone. If you'd like to connect throughout the week, you can find me at Kaylee Errett on Facebook and Instagram or at KayleeArrett.com. And if you haven't yet, I'd love for you to subscribe to the podcast and I'd be delighted if you left a review. Thanks for listening, friend. Let's meet back here next week.